episode 45 of the Counties of England podcast. In this week's episode, we will be covering the county with an extensive canal network, the county home to Cadbury's Chocolate, and the county home to the Black Country. This week, we will be covering the county of the West Midlands. First of all, West Midlands the county and West Midlands the region are entirely different. The county only includes places like Birmingham, Coventry and Wolverhampton, whereas the region encompasses counties including West Midlands, the county. So it can be quite confusing, but try to remember this. West Midlands is a county located in the West Midlands region of England. It is bordered by three counties, Worcestershire to the south, Staffordshire to the west and Warwickshire to the east. It has a population of 2,916,458 which puts it as the second largest county in terms of this statistic. In terms of area, it is the seventh smallest county, and so in terms of population density, it houses 8,381 people per square mile, which puts it as the third largest county in terms of this statistic. From these statistics, in your own knowledge, you can probably conclude that the West Midlands is quite an urbanised county. It is split into seven districts, the City of Wolverhampton, Dudley, Walsall, Sandwell, City of Birmingham, Solihull and the City of Coventry. The median salary in the West Midlands is £30,029, which puts it below the UK average of £31,500. The unemployment rate is 6.06%, which puts it well above the UK average of 4.8%. And the average house price, according to Zoopla estimates, is £238,840, which puts it well below the national average of around £330,000. West Midlands is divided up into 28 different parliamentary constituencies, and there is an exact split of 14 which are represented by Conservative MPs and 14 which are represented by Labour MPs. The most famous of these being Jess Phillips, who has been MP for Birmingham Yardley since May 2015 and has been a shadow shadow minister for domestic violence since April 2020. The West Midlands is known for its extensive canal network, and during the Industrial Revolution the canals were busy waterways transporting coal, iron and other heavy goods. They played a crucial role in the development of Birmingham and the Black Country. More than 100 miles make up the Birmingham Canal navigations today. Some of the major canals that meet in the city are the Grand Union Canal, Worcester and Birmingham Canal, Stourbridge Canal and Stratford Canal. Most of the canals were built in the 1700s and 1800s, and at its height the Birmingham Canal uh, navigations had more than 170 miles of them. One of the first to be built was the Duke of Bridgewater's Canal, It carried the Duke's coal from inside the mines 15 miles to Manchester. It was finished in 1761 and most of the engineering work was planned and supervised by James Brindley. Brindley was a millwright by trade and one of the most notable engineers of the 18th century. He worked on six canal projects in the Midlands. For 170 years the canal system was bustling with activity. Towards the end of the 19th century, the tonnage of goods carried increased, reaching 8.5 million tonnes in 1898. Although the canals were profitable, they were costly to build and maintain. In the 1820s, Thomas Telford was employed to inspect Birmingham's canals, 
which had severe maintenance problems. He suggested an overhaul of the canal system, which included the straightening of many canals. As canal industries declined and railways and roads took over, long-distance transportation of goods, uh, use of canals decreased. By 1980, all commercial traffic has stopped, and now they are just sort of there. And Birmingham actually has more miles of canals than Venice. The Brummie accent, or Birmingham dialect, of the British English accent is one of the most recognisable from the United Kingdom. Some make the mistake of thinking all accents throughout the West Midlands are Brummie accents, which is simply not the case. And the Brummie accent itself um, varies widely across Birmingham. And I found a clip, it's quite a weird sort of out of context clip, it's about like a Brummie talking about going to the airport, like airport directions or something like that. But it's a good um, example of the Brummie accent, so I'll play it now. Right, we get the train from the station. We go all the way to Charles de Gaulle Airport. Up the steps and find Monorail. Monorail to Terminal 1. Look for Flyby and then get the plane home. Hey, is that uh, nice? Where are, you, where are you getting the plane home from? Terminal 1. <laughs> Which city? Ballis. <laughs> Birmingham is also the home of Cadbury Chocolate. In 1824, John Cadbury opened his first store at 93 Bull Street in Birmingham City Centre, selling tea, coffee, cocoa and drinking chocolate. Drinking chocolate was seen at the time as a healthier alternative to alcohol, which was deemed a negative influence on society. In 1931, uh, John Cadbury purchased a four-storey factory on Crooked Lane, which sat between Corporation Street and the High Street. By 1842, uh, John Cadbury was selling almost 30 uh, varieties of drinking chocolates and cocoa. As John's trade continued to grow, he asked his brother Benjamin for a helping hand, and Cadbury became known as the Cadbury Brothers. The Cadbury Brothers business continued to perform admirably, and in 1847 they moved to a larger factory on Bridge Street, which had access to all major ports in Britain through a private canal port. Due to ill health, John Cadbury retired in 1861 and passed the company on to his other brothers, George and Richard. Following the firm's first major breakthrough with Cadbury's Cocoa Essence, developments in 1875 saw the first Cadbury Easter egg um, and by 1897, the brothers had also manufactured their first milk chocolate bar. In need of a site with good rail and canal access, the Cadbury brothers subsequent, subsequently found a 14.5-acre site in a quaint countryside village just four miles south of the city. Purchasing the land and naming it Bourneville, the site originally compri comprised of Bournebrook Cottage, a, a stream and a pear tree, and the tree is still there to this day. By the 1900s, George and Richard Cadbury had built their new factory um, along with a model village for their workers with more than 300 cottages and houses within close proximity along with amenities like schools and shops. As the family were Quakers, no pubs were built in Bourneville. 
alcohol was still prohibited for sale in the village until a local news agent was granted a license in 2015 and ultimately ended the village's 120-year ban. And the final thing I'm going to talk about is the Black Country. It is a region in the West Midlands known for industry. It's said that the Black Country gained its name in the mid-19th century from the smoke, um, from the many thousands of iron-working uh, foundries and forges. Other theories mention the abundance of coal in the region and the working of the shallow and 30 feet thick seams. To traditionalists, the black country is the area where coal seam comes to the surface. So West Bromwich, Oldbury, Blackheath, Cradley Heath, Old Hill, Bilston, Dudley, Tipton, Wensfield and part of Hales Owen, Wensbury and Walsall but not Wolverhampton. Stourbridge and Smethwick or what used to be known as Warley. Today, the black country is described by the government as most of the four metropolitan district council areas of Dudley, Sandwell, Walsall and Wolverhampton. The term is used as a marketing tool to sell and promote the West Midlands region to the west of Birmingham. N. Hingley and Sons Limited was a large-scale chain and anchor manufacturing works originally based in Cradley, but moved to Netherton around 1852. In 1911, they made the anchor for the Titanic and it was towed to Dudley train station by 20 Shire horses. The glass, um, the glass and the majority of the ironwork for the building that hosted the world-famous Grand Exhibition in 1851 were made in the Black Country. Chance Brothers was a glasswork based in Smethwick, though debatable whether it's in the Black Country. They were one of the first companies to produce very long pieces of window glass. At the time, the glass sheets used in the construction of the Crystal Palace were the largest sheets ever made. And this is a clip of some people from the Black Country speaking with a Black Country accent, uh, which is slightly different to the Brummy accent, so I'll play it now. Oh, my accent, I think it's... A lot of people say, oh, you ghetto, you know, you... You, you know, it's common, but to me, this is how I talk, this is how I am, I'm not going to change for nobody. Do you feel like sometimes you change your accent? Yes, I do, yeah. Why do you think you do that? Well, because I'm not really fond, that, all that fond of the black country accent, but like, uh, I speak as I find, but uh, I can talk posh when I want to. Any regional accent, I think it's uh, part of, it can be used. Yes, I do, yeah. I don't think you should change who you are for anyone, because that's who you are. Why change? The flag of the West Midlands is quite a weird one, and I probably won't be able to describe it very well, but it has two zigzag lines in between two sets of straight black lines on a yellow backdrop. It's quite complex, so if you want like a, a good look at it, I'd suggest you look it up. And that's just about it for this week's episode. As ever, I really hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, next week's episode will be on West Sussex, so stay tuned for that on the 13th of November. Have a good week until then, and I will talk to you again next Saturday.